Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I am excited about today because we're going to talk about the fear of failure. And I'm dealing with that fear really bad right now because the Browns are playing the Steelers today. <laughs> and I'm, I'm feeling the fear of failure that the Browns aren't going to win, right? And so I've had to deal with that just even today, right? This is an amazing thing, the fear of failure. And I want to begin by asking us a question. Here's the question. And I really want you to seriously really ask yourself, is this true? And what would it be in my life? So here's the question. It goes like this. What would you attempt to do if you weren't afraid of failing? If the fear of failing wasn't there, what would you have done that you haven't done? What's it stopping you from doing? I just want you to think, uh, some of the young people in this room, we're so excited about what God's going to do in your life now and what he'll do with you in the future. But you know what? If you weren't afraid of failing, w- would you start a Bible study in your school? Would you just, you know, out of, out of, out of our Paramount student ministry, would you, would you start a Bible study? How about some of the people listening at every level, every age level now, would you start a connect group and literally be a connect group leader if you weren't afraid of failing. You know, you, you get out there and you have the tables and sign-ups and what if nobody signs up? That stops people. The, the what if stops people. Or maybe you feel like I should launch a business or expand my business. If you weren't afraid of failing, would you do that? Because so many of us just don't step out and do some things that we know we need to do. Would you share Christ with someone or invite someone to church if you weren't afraid of the no? And I want to just help you understand how to deal with this fear. I remember when I first noticed this fear, um, it was when I asked Gina out on a date. I had never been afraid to ask a girl out till I met Gina. And so I met her in Bible school and I got her her number. I was the leader of our singles group, young adults, we called it. And, uh, and so I met her. I had someone else get me her number. And I told my brother, Tony, I live with Tony. And, uh, and I said, I'm going to call her and ask her out. And he hadn't met her yet. He says, awesome, Joe. So I call and I hem-hawed for 45 minutes. I, I really liked her, so I was afraid of her saying no. And I'm just hem-hawing and hem-hawing. And Tony's watching me and he's laughing at me. And he's going, ask her out, ask her out. I'm like, shut up, shut up. I'm going to kill you. And it was... It was just amazing what happened. And about 45 minutes into it, I got the nerve and I said, would you go out with me for coffee? And I was so relieved when she said yes. But that fear hits us with relationships. It hits us in every single area of our lives. And what would you do if you weren't afraid of failing? Now, this is my big idea. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. I like to say it this way. Our attitude concerning failure determines our altitude following failure. How you look at failure is going to determine where you go in life. And you're not going to go to where you need to go. And you're not going to be able to do the things you need to do if this thing has a grip of you. I thought this was interesting, guys. Um, These are true stats. 40% of Europeans, 40% of the people that live in Europe are so fearful they're frozen in their tracks They're afraid to step out and do anything out of fear. They're literally frozen. That's amazing. 38% of Chinese and all of Asia 
they are frozen in their tracks, afraid to step forward because they're afraid they might fail. And so I could see it with China, the communists, you know, they don't, have, they don't have that entrepreneur thing going. And I could see it in Europe, socialists, they don't have that entrepreneur thing going. How is it in America? You ready to hear where we're at as Americans? 30% of Americans are so afraid of failing that they're frozen in their tracks and they won't step out. Now, the rest of us, the 70%, we still have to deal with fear every time we decide to do something that we've never done before. It's something that all of us have to deal with, and our attitude towards it's going to determine where we go and how far we go spiritually and in our natural lives. It's going to determine everything. So I came up with four things. I had to learn these the hard way, and I'm hoping... I'll help you not have to deal with this and you'll be able to conquer this thing called fear. It's still gonna come, but you'll be able to conquer it with these four attitudes concerning fear. So here's the first one, and it's, it's, it's very important. We must understand that failure is inevitable. No matter who you are, you're going to fail. And you have to understand, if you understand it, it takes the pressure off. It's like, okay, people fail. Everybody fails. So some of you younger people may not know who Michael Jordan is. You probably hear his name. But, uh, you know, he, he ruled the NBA in the 90s, right? And he had six NBA championships with the Chicago Bulls. And now people are arguing whether LeBron's the best ever or him. I lean towards LeBron. But, you know, people will argue that point, and that's no big deal. He was a winner. That's all I want you to know. He was a winner. And I think this will make more sense if, if you didn't know who he was. Here's what he said. I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I have lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I have been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life, and I love this last thought, and that's why I succeed. Isn't that crazy? You know why he succeeds? He realizes failure is inevitable. And since he realizes it's inevitable, he keeps getting up. He says, all right, it's inevitable. So what? I'm going to do it again. I came across two really famous people, and I was amazed at how many times they had to get back up after failure. They understood failure was inevitable. You guys are going to recognize these guys. Here's the first one, Sir James Dyson. I guess he was knighted. And uh, he, he created the bagless sweeper. He's holding the handheld in his hand. Do you know that he tried 500 or 5,126 times? That's how many sweepers he made, 5,126, over a 15-year failure that failed. No one had ever done it before. He made 5,126 prototypes that didn't work, and on the 5,127th time, it worked. This guy understood failure is inevitable. You know what he's worth today? 4.5 billions. Don't, don't quit, man. Keep going, keep going. Here, here's somebody else you guys will recognize. His name's Stephen King. And I know some of his books are a little bit dark. I, I don't read the dark ones, but he has some other great books. You know, He wrote a book called Under the Dome. And if you haven't read it and you like sci-fi, it's amazing. And I won't, I won't spoil anything for you, but this clear, impenetrable dome, it came and covered an entire city. I mean, the whole city, no one can get in, no one can get out. Incredible. It's also was made into a weekly show. You can binge watch it on Netflix. Okay. So, but here's what I'm going to tell you about, uh, about Stephen King. His first book, Carrie, he went to 30 publishers and 30 publishers told him, no, 
We don't like this book. We are not going to publish it. He came home after number 30. He threw it in the trash can and he told his wife, I will never write another book again. His wife, thank God for good mates, right? She grabbed the book. She shoved it in his face and she said, you go to publisher number 31. And publisher number 31 said, this is the most amazing book I've ever read. Failure is inevitable. God knew that. Here's why he wrote this scripture. Listen to this. Proverbs 24, 16. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. In other words, he's saying, if, if you're a child of God, you have to understand failure is inevitable, but we can get up after failure. And here's, here's what really helps. The next point, here's point number two. It's really powerful. We must understand failure is a great teacher. This is so important to understand. What can I learn from it? I had this really big failure many years ago, and I was really down and out, and Gina's trying to console me. And you know how we never listen to our mates, and then someone else tells us the same thing, and we go, oh, that's, that changed my life. And so I'm not listening to what she's saying, and I'm just bummed out, and I'm like, I'm never going to do this again, never going to try to do this again. And, and so I was talking to a friend who works was in supervision or leadership in a corporation, a national corporation. And, and I'm telling them how bummed out I am and how I'm never going to step out again. I can't believe I made this mistake. And you know what he did? He laughed at me. He just started laughing. He said, in the corporate world, we make mistakes all the time. He said, suck it up, buttercup, right? He said, we make mistakes all the time, right? But here's what he said. He said, you have to ask yourself this question. What can you learn from this mistake? And that brought a peace over me. I'm telling you, it wasn't spiritual in one sense, but it brought a peace over me because all of a sudden I realized, hey, what can I learn from this thing? Then I did a little research. Here's what experts say. They say you should do three things after every failure. They say you, sh you, say, you should ask, what did I learn from this situation? How can I grow as a person from this experience? And number three, what are the three positive things about this situation? Some of you have had relationship failures and you have just crawled into a hole and you don't want to make any new friends. You don't want a new uh, close relationship. And I'm just encouraging you, look at your failures. Ask yourself, what can I learn? Some of you have launched businesses. They didn't work. Ask yourself, what can I learn from this failure? Some of you are having a bad year. Ask yourself, what can I learn from this failure? Some of you have launched connect groups here at Believers. They didn't go. Ask yourself, what can I learn from this failure? Failure. Here's a famous person. He needs no introduction. Listen to what he said. Failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. Henry Ford. Henry Ford, uh, you know, created the Ford Motor Company. And some of you know this. Some of you may not know this. His first car that he, he produced, he mass produced to sell to the American public, it was a flop. It just flopped totally. But you know what he did? He asked himself, what can I learn from this? So he launched a second car. And guess what? His second car, it failed miserably. The company almost went under. But he asked himself, what can I learn from this failure? And the third car was the Model A. And it sold like hotcakes. He kept learning from his failures. And that's what you and I have to do in every realm of life, spiritually, naturally. We have to ask ourselves, what can I learn from this failure. Here's number three. This one's really important. You ready? We must understand taking risk is necessary. And this is what freezes people. Risk freezes people. The, the thought, it might not work. The thought, what if it doesn't? The thought, what am I putting at risk? Man, I, I'm putting a lot at risk. 
how am I going to do this? What if, what if it doesn't work out? And I got to thinking about this. Do you know when it comes to inviting someone to church, 10 or nine, excuse me, out of 10 people that don't go to church, nine out of 10 people that do not go to church say that if someone asked me, I would go to church. But guess what percentage of Christians ask people to come to church? 2%. <laughs> and the other 98% are afraid. What if they say no? And, and look, at, look at where it's at. You know, for a salesperson, they have to ask nine people to have one yes. <laughs> they re, they're rejected nine times, and then they get that one yes. We have to ask 10 people to get one no, but we're so afraid of the failure, we don't do anything. This is a true story. I'm not making this up. There are people in town that when they invite a, a person to church, they don't come to church here. When they invite someone to church, they invite them to our church. And they tell me about it. They go, I don't invite people to my church. We're too deep. Uh, I, I invite them to your church. And I say, I think your church is maybe a little too deep if you can't invite somebody to it, right? It's a little too deep, right? And so they'll invite people here. They'll accept Christ. And then they become part of our church. And I say, why don't, why don't you invite them to your, I can't. We're, we're just a little too deep. They won't understand. They won't like me on Monday if I invite them to church on Sunday. And so uh, I don't believe we're going to embarrass you if you invite somebody but still that fear of rejection is going to hit you, right? Listen to this. Your level of risk determines your level of reward. You've got to take risk if, you're, if you want reward. Now, I remember 35 years ago, I came out of Bible school. I was 24, and I came back here to start Believers we had a Bible study going in my brother Jim's basement. We had about 40 people. It was a Wednesday night Bible study. I wanted to start, you know, start Sunday services. So I'm out looking for buildings. And I had these options. You had some storefront kind of buildings. They weren't a big risk. And, and we could have had a building. We could have been out of the basement. But then I found this school, the old McGuffey School on Todd Northwest. Now, since then, they tore it down and built this beautiful one. But at that time, it was boarded up. There was student shift, so they closed the school. And uh, I went to talk to Warren City Schools, and I said, hey, what would it cost me to lease your building 24-7? So they gave me the rundown. It was 4000 a month for rent, and it was 4000 a month average for utilities. That's what the utilities were. That's 96000 a year. And I had to sign a three-year lease. So I remember weighing this. I just weighed this over and over, and I thought I could get this other building, not a big risk, but then we're not going to look like we're here to stay. We're not going to look stable. And then I thought, I could get this building. But man, I'm 24, and that's, that's my signature. And I'm going to be held for 96 times 3. And I had this fear of failure hit me like crazy. And then at that young age, I didn't know what I'm teaching you now. But at that young age, I thought, you know what? The risk is worth it. And without risk, your reward's very minimal. The greater your risk the more reward you actually will have. And so you have to understand that. I like another Michael Jordan quote. You guys ready for it? I can accept failure. Every, everyone fails at something, but I can't accept not trying. I want us to walk out of here this weekend with that attitude. Boardman, TCI, hey, failure is inevitable. Failure is a great teacher. What can I learn from it? And without risk, uh, you know, there's no reward. And so we, we have to understand 
We have to take risk. And we don't want to be people that say, I'm going to sit comfortable. Some of you have been sitting comfortable in different areas of your life, and I'm stirring you a little bit today. And I believe God's stirring your heart as I speak, and God's dealing with you. Hey, it's time now to rise up and to step out in different areas of your life and take some risk. Now, risk needs to be calculated. You need to do all your homework, but you've got to take some risk. Listen to what the Bible says, Ecclesiastes 11.4. But there are some things that you cannot be sure of. You must take a chance. If you, want, if you wait for perfect weather, you will never plant your seeds. If you are afraid that every cloud will bring rain, you will never harvest your crops. This isn't about just planting. I had a guy last night after Saturday night service. I met him in the lobby for the first time. They have over 5,000 acres that they farm, the whole 5,000 acres. And he was telling me how rain impacts and how he says, we have to make some decisions. And he says, he said, you really helped me with this message in all kinds of areas of my life. And I was so glad to hear that. But this is also for every area of our life. What God's trying to say here is in every area of your life, there's no way to be a hundred percent sure if it's going to work. It's impossible. You have to take some risks. So Boardman, um, we're preparing to launch the Boardman campus. And and I remember the board telling me at that time, they said, uh, we want you to do a business plan for Boardman and a forecast. And I said, I've never done a business plan or a forecast. I don't even know how to do that. They said, we want you to put one together. And so I Googled and read all these business plans and forecasts. And then I brought it into this atmosphere of starting a church. And I came up with all the numbers, all the expenses, if we have 100 people, this is what happens, 150, 200, 250, 300, and went all the way up to 500, this is what happens. And I showed it to them, and when we were all done and we all saw it, guess what? We still had to take a chance. We had no idea. We did our homework, but I know, had no idea if somebody would show up. And so you have to take risks. There's no other way around it. And I love the parable of the sower, or not the sower, the talents, guys, because this is all about risk. Remember, uh, one man was given five talents, one, two, and one, one. The guy that was given one talent, what did he do? He buried it. He was afraid of taking risk. And what, what did Jesus say to him? He wasn't happy, right? He didn't, sell, he didn't say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, right? The guy that had two took risk, he made it into four. The guy that had five, he took risk, made it into 10. And I really believe we need to come to the mentality that we have to take calculated risk in life. And I want you to just begin to ask yourself, what is it that you would do if the fear of failure was not a factor? You're going to have to take some risk. Here's number four, and this one's awesome. You ready for number four? It goes like this. We must understand God will help. And that is really important to understand. No matter what we do, God's going to help. If we fall, he'll help us get up. If we fail, he'll help us get back up. But you know what? He'll also help us when we launch. And with that Boardman campus, here's what we did. And this is what I do in every area of my life. Man, I do all my homework. And then you say, well, it might work. It might not. We don't know. There's no way to know. But Father, I want to give this to you, and I'm trusting your grace is going to help this thing work out. And then you give it to God, and that, that is such a release there, and that, that just can knock fear right out because you understand all these other things, but then you understand God's on my side. And no matter what, I'm going to get back up even if it fails. Here's an incredible scripture. I quoted this last week. I want to read it, but then I want to read another translation. It goes like this, Matthew 19, 26. 
Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So all things opens the context up to anything's possible if God's on your side. But listen to the message. Jesus looked hard at them and said, no chance at all if you think you can pull it off yourself. Every chance in the world if you trust God to do it. In other words, the final thing that we need to do to cast fear out of our life is to pray. Say, God, I did all my homework. God, I did everything I can do. God, I'm going to cast this on you and ask you for the grace. But then you know what we have to do, guys? We have to step out. And God's been dealing with you guys, different campuses. He's dealing with you. There's some areas in your life, all kinds of areas, spiritual, natural, where it's time for you to step out. And I want to I go ahead and pray now. Can we bow our heads, close our eyes? Let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this part of the Bible. I thank you for everybody that's listening. Borman, TCI, Warren, all of us, Lord. We thank you. And Lord, there's some of us right now, you've really stirred us. And Lord, we're gonna, we're gonna make a decision to get up from past failures in different areas. And we're going to go forward. We thank you. We thank you for giving us boldness to take the steps we need to take. Lord, we thank you that you're the God that helps us. We thank you, Lord, that we do not have a spirit of fear. We thank you, Father, that you have made us bold as a lion on the inside. And we thank you for helping us walk in that on the outside. And Father, I know that people that are listening right now, there are big things inside of them that you've placed in them to do. And I thank you, Lord God that this is a day where some decisions are being made to where people are going to say, I'm going to step out. I'm going to step out and lead a connect group. I'm going to step out and volunteer. I'm going to step out and do a Bible study in my school. I'm going to step out and start that business. I'm going to step out and I'm going to do this or that, whatever it is. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're in that attitude of prayer. I know God's ministering life to people. And I'm going to allow that to happen. So while we're praying, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I believe God's dealing with some hearts in some wonderful ways. I believe God's freeing some people right now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you're not sure if you're forever, you're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or to hell, listen, listen up. I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm not asking you to join our church. It doesn't matter if you came today not being sure that God existed I was there at one time in my life. It doesn't matter if you grew up in church. Here's the question. What have you done with Jesus? Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God unless they go through me, Jesus. He said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. Those are powerful words. Those are the most powerful words in the universe. And if you're listening and you say, I can't remember a day when I prayed and made Jesus my savior and decided to follow him, why not today? Why not today? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen up. If you're, you're listening, you say, I have never prayed that, but I'm ready today to give my heart to Jesus. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in this room, can we help them pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born a sinner. And today I look to Jesus, the Savior. Jesus, this day I accept you as my Savior. I make a decision to follow you because you died for me. 
God raised you up out of that grave. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, Borman, TCI Warren. If you prayed that prayer, miracles happened. I mean, they're amazing miracles. God washed all your sins away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. Think about that. You may not have felt a thing, but it happened. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.